I was going to break up with Ariana regardless. But you didn't. You f***ed your best friend instead. You're a worm with a mustache. I don't give a Welcome to the Gospel of Vanderpump Rules. I'm Lauren. And I'm Mallory. And we're back for season 11, episode three, called You Are Not the Queen of the Group. Schwartz hatches a scheme to bring the gang back together, and Ariana sets boundaries with everybody. We do have a content warning as we go into this episode. There is conversation about suicidal um, ideation in this episode. We will give another warning before we actually go further into it, uh, but we just wanted to let you know. And the suicide prevention line is 988 if you or someone you know is struggling. So just know that when we do talk about suicidal ideation, we are going to only briefly mention it and we're going to treat it with a lot of sensitivity and compassion. And if it's not right for you to listen to this episode or that part, we completely understand. So just take care of you. And here we go. Here we go. Okay. So we start where we left off at Tom Sandoval's birthday party. And James has just left with peeing in the bush. And Tom Sandoval's <laughs> like, I got to lock the door. Like James is going to come back in and do something, which... I actually wouldn't be surprised if that did happen, but <laughs> we get Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz on the couch talking about what just happened with James and basically the takeaway is Schwartz is like, you should not have brought up Kristen with James. Yeah. That was super not the right move. Even Schwartz knows that bringing up Kristen and bringing up the past was not a good idea. And when even Schwartz tells you that you should have just said that you're sorry, you know, that's what you should have done. Then we go to Emo Night, and I have to say Emo Night was made for me, and I was made for Emo Night. Their motto is sad as fuck, and I'm always sad as fuck. And so this just really hit with me. I loved me some Dashboard Confessional, some Jack's Mannequin, something corporate. Oh, yeah. Oh, something corporate. Oh. And so this really just like brought all of these very nostalgic and really fun memories back. And Mal, like, did you listen to emo music growing up? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What was your favorite? Well, now that you said something corporate, I feel like that's a pretty good one uh, for me as well. But I was going to say the All-American Rejects oh was one. Oh, my gosh. So, I don't know. Maybe write in and tell us your favorite emo band growing up. Yeah, I would love That'd to hear fun. that. I feel like I'm maybe a little bit on the side of Sheena if I were doing, like, a DJ set at Emo Night where I'd be, like, putting Avril Lavigne on that <laughs> list. But yes. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so I don't know if, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if people would be like, you're a poser, but I felt emo in high school, especially with Zanga and 
And also, yes. you know what? The OC. The OC had the best soundtracks ever. And You're now so I'm right. actually questioning, like, what is a qualifier for being considered emo? But I, I felt emo in those days listening to Death Cab for Cutie and mm. Keen and Snow Patrol. I don't know if those oh, are all Snow emo. Snow Patrol. But yeah. like that whole vibe. Um, and if I lived in L.A., I would have been at that emo night. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It also really made me think of Lago- watching Laguna Beach growing up. And mm. when they go to the Blink-182 concert in Laguna Beach, that is my nostalgic blanket. It's like I'm wrapped up in nostalgia and I love it so much. So they're at emo night and Sheena is upset because James comes in and you know says that he's just left Sandoval and Ariana's house and Sheena's saying that you know why was I blocked and James is the one that gets reached out to first and I feel like this is truly just production I I really do it's like I don't think that there's any reason that Sandoval ordinarily would reach out to James first out of anybody else. Like, don't you agree? Yeah, I feel like it was maybe the lowest hanging fruit, but Mm. for him to, like, invite one of the other cast members to his party, so they had a... I don't know. I Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't quite make sense, but I do agree. I thought that was very produced. Yeah, it didn't feel real to me at all. Um, or, Or, like, something that would really happen. But, you know, Sheena admits she's obviously talked a lot of trash about Sandoval too so she can kind of understand which you know valid point so Ariana hits on a really great point Uh, she said no one around Sandoval gives him honest feedback anymore it's just people that she or that Tom pays to be around him and I think that is so true and I think that's really evident by all of the scenes that we get back of Tom at his party, everyone he's talking to, everyone just absolutely gassing him up and agreeing with every word he says. Sheena performs the Good as Gold emo remix, and there it, it brings me a lot of joy. Sheena is getting so much mileage out of one song. I don't know how many more remixes of Good as Gold we're going to get, but it's an earworm. She's got something with that song. She does. And she also is like willing to keep reinventing herself, which I love. And I also really was surprised by this, but I can totally see it that she always wanted to be like a Fergie, a you know, Gwen Stefani, no doubt kind of artist, yeah. which I don't know yeah. if she's just telling herself that's what she want. That's what she always wanted because that's what's where it's going right now. Or if she did really always dream of that. Mm-hmm. But I... I do love this version of Sheena with her band and I, mm-hmm. I'm i here for it. And I, I think she's kind of good at Screamo. And I think that, of course, Sheena would want to be in a band with all guys. Sheena has always wanted to be a guy's girl. And it kind of like weird. That's an interesting connection to how she's handling sh- Schwartz in this episode in particular Mm -hmm. that's a little through line in it but I just very much clocked how nice she is to Tom Schwartz 
when he arrives at emo night, even though he was late to her set, I think she really loves the attention and there. I mean, I think we find out later there's some drama coming up that is spinning out of that relationship and they might've been closer than we all thought. Yep. But it's just interesting how she kind of lights up when he arrives at emo night. Yeah. And I didn't realize she invited him. I think she was the the impetus for him actually coming out to emo night. And we know he really wants to make inroads with the women of the group again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he took that opportunity to try to do that too. So we go back to Sandoval's birthday and I just want to say them singing the birthday song to him made me really sad. Yeah. I I don't think he's self-aware. I don't think he's working on himself, at least not at this point in filming. So I'm not trying to overly pity him, but mm-hmm. I do think he's really, there's a lot of darkness that he's battling on some level deep down. And it, it made me really sad because I was like, what if there's a part of him that realizes all of these people are here because they're getting paid? I totally agree. Yeah. Like I felt, I felt like some sadness too, that more came from pity, honestly. Like I felt some actual yeah, pity toward him. And, but it's, it's the old saying, like if it, man, if it ain't your own consequences showing up, you know? So it's, yeah, he's suffering the consequences of his own actions. Looking around that room and Billy Lee bringing him the cake. I I have to say, Billy Lee is freaking me out. There is something that's really off there. I think she just desperately wants to be back on the show. That's how, or she wants some relevancy or something. There's something there that is just feels really off and feels really strange to me about Billy Lee and she is living for gassing him up. Tom Sandoval says, you know, he's sad because he loves and he misses Rachel, that she was like his best friend, but she didn't text him on his birthday. So that's where that's where we are in as far as the this timeline of kind of knowing where their communication lies. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of um, chatter from her podcast, a lot of clips coming out, a lot of things I've seen. Mal, you've actually listened to a couple of episodes. You really, really took one for the team there to listen through. Um, I was very curious. It, it was, you know, no offense, but I would no. have probably done <laughs> no. it anyway. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, but it does make me wonder, you know, I guess we can just look up when Tom's birthday is, you know, but it, it makes me wonder where, where this was in time and space, if that makes sense, like that she's not responding or she's not reaching out Yeah, for, for his birthday. So I'm actually, I'm looking this up right now, you guys, doing some Googling. Okay, his birthday is July 7th. 
July 7th. Now we know he lies about the year of his birthday. He's, he's 40-ish, so whatever that means. Um, but okay, that, that makes sense. I also didn't realize how quickly, so Ariana's birthday, I think is like end of June and his birthday is July 7th. So mm, yeah. Okay. So, you know, whenever it was that Rachel checked herself into the meadows, you know, just a, a few months later, she's not reaching out to him for his birthday. What do you think of that? I definitely am getting a sense from Rachel's podcast. I don't know the whole timeline, you know, would have to do some in-depth research on that, Mm -hmm. but I know that she wasn't always able to be in contact with him because of the way they, I think they just had a landline. It was kind of like prison, you know, it was like, (laughs) right. You, you get your one phone call. Yeah. So I don't, I, that's what I get from what Rachel says about the experience. So I don't know if this is Sandoval just getting his panties in a wad about not hearing from her often enough. Cause I heard her also say this. I think I've mentioned this before is that, you know, he would get really, really upset if he wouldn't hear from her every day, but she really wasn't able to physically call him every single day or be in constant communication which is why she was also sending mail Mm -hmm. so I don't know if at this point she just wasn't able to contact him that day for whatever reason or if this was when she started actually moving forward in her work at the Meadows and realizing she needed to separate herself from Tom so I don't know if we'll find out in this season from Tom's perspective when the actual breakup happens you know if it was like Mm -hmm. one conversation or if it was gradual but this kind of sounds like it was moving toward you know Rachel um ending things with him yeah I agree I agree so the next day we are at Ariana and Tom's house and Katie comes over and they're gonna do the very (laughs) I feel like it's like so ubiquitous this um Ivy hangover cure. I feel like it's on every fucking Bravo show ever. Everybody is getting these IVs after they drink too much. And uh, the efficacy of them, I have no idea. No idea if these are actually helpful or not. But that's what they're doing. Poor Anne is cleaning up the mess from the party. And Katie says, Anne, do you get extra money? Do you at least get paid for like cleaning up after a party and Anne just says, I wish. And so, so, so sad. And really we're just setting up that Sheena and Katie are going to go to dinner and that they are working on their friendship. And the, we see a lot of flashbacks. They have, they have really had a rough friendship, Katie and Sheena. And it's always, I feel like it's one step forward, two steps back with them. You know, there's, mm. they, they make a little progress, they make a little headway, and then inevitably, you know, it ends up in, in pretty big fights. But Katie mentions that she knows that Sheena has a soft spot for shorts and that, you know, she flip-flops back and forth. And if there's anything that we know about Sheena, it's that she is... <laughs> As much as Sheena loves to talk about, like, she's a loyal friend, that she has your back, that she's there for you, 
I think at the end of the day, no one can really count on Sheena's loyalty. I think that, you know, Sheena is loyal to herself and the validation that she needs from other people. And yeah, where I, I don't, yeah, I just, it's not going to go well. This is not going to end well. We've seen 11 that we're on season 11, you know, we've seen 10 previous seasons of the show. So I have no faith that, um, Sheena's actually drawing a true line in the sand. So, so we move on, we go back to pump actually, which I did not expect, (laughs) but they throw it in one more time. I hope. And Man, it we, looks it looks uh, raggedy, doesn't it? It looks really sad. I was sort of like concerned at what they're gonna do with those beautiful trees. I mean, I guess they're gonna leave them there. I don't know why they feel like <laughs> we've got to take these and put them in storage. So Lisa is is at pump, and Tom arrives with flowers in hand, and that's when that this is the first time him and Lisa have seen each other since he sort of disappeared and had to go on tour with his Mm -hmm. band. Therefore, this turns into, you know, another moment that Tom Sandoval is hating, which is someone confronting him about what happened and and where it's at. And I actually don't think Lisa is, like, going for the jugular at all. But she's just like, have you seen seen anybody since you've been back? Like, Mm -hmm. what's going on? Mm -hmm. And... Then she's also like, why are you still living in the house with Ariana? Yeah. And this is when we hear, again, it's not news, but he doubles down on wanting to keep the house because he's put so much work into it, which I could understand if there were different circumstances that led to this moment. But Lisa is all of us in this moment and is like the gentlemanly thing to do is to let Ariana have her space, leave the house. And then you guys work on selling the house. Exactly. And that is very logical, very smart, and respectful to Ariana. And in response to Lisa, he gets so defensive, Mm -hmm. so defensive. He is really losing it, I feel like, when the cameras are on for this season. And he reveals... I mean, I thought he came off so bitter towards Sheena. We find out he blocked her because he felt as though because of what she was saying on her podcast about him and Rachel, that his that her reaching out to him about Ali was not sincere. Mm-hmm. And just in his body language and the way he's talking about Sheena, he's so angry. He's so angry. And I think this comes back into play in the Surback Alley, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like he's trying to make everyone else the villain. You know, he's so good at deflecting. And we see it clearly because we're outside of the situation. But it's hard to catch because he just so quickly goes into, look at the way I've been wronged. And I don't think that he has been always treated perfectly respectfully through this situation. But... It's just amazing how quickly he he goes to making everyone else the villain. And I did want to say, though, I don't think he's wrong about the mob mentality that happened. The mob-like uprising that happened against him. But, you know, some of that, I was was a part of that. I, you know, I bought a 
uh, Sandoval's a liar t-shirt you know yeah and you gave me an extra one which was so nice Mal gave me an extra Sandoval's a liar t-shirt and I also bought the worm with the mustache t-shirt and I love it super comfy and cozy yeah I don't know I just think this episode is interesting because it it sort of asks us to look at Tom Sandoval head on and what about his story are we going to accept and what are we going to reject and what's our part in, in this. And I don't think that any of us regular folk are to blame for his behavior or anything like that. But, but I, I, I'm not fully, I'm not like on Sandoval's side at all, but I do think there are just every now and then he'll make a point and I'm kind of like, yeah, I get that actually. I think I would feel very, very down um about just having like feeling like the whole world is against you um that's just a tough position that is a tough position to be in even if you did make a mistake absolutely and I think it's that whole thing you know two things can be true at once and Tom says I created this but it's still a lot for me and he says I'm damned if I do. I'm damned if I don't. And I get what you're saying. And I agree. It's like at the end of the day, Tom is still a human being. And when you fuck up so bad, especially when you are in the public eye, now all of a sudden, everybody is going to have an opinion about what Mm. you've done. And I I do think there's a lot of validity in what he's saying that nobody wants (laughs) t-shirts to be made about you and the thing you did wrong. And like, yeah, he freaked out about the bakery that, you know, was making cakes. Sandoval's a liar. So I, I think where I land on it is that two things are true. Everybody deserves to, um, after you've made a mistake to have the, at least have the room for possibility to change. The really hard thing is to see him continually double down and, and create this whole narrative of that, that he was trying to sell us on in season 10. Like, Oh, you know, Ariana, she's actually a really bad person. You know, it's like, I think if Tom really would have gotten off the radar, gone and gotten some real help and done some intensive therapy, really done some self-reflection, I think that if he really would have come out of that process and said, I would... I am really wrong. I have no excuses. Nothing I could ever say will ever make up for this. And I'm sorry. This is completely on me. There was no excuse for what I did. Yeah. And then actually start to to change. I think we all would have, you know, been able to accept it back to what you said about him being so earnest he had 
no sense of humor at all. It's like, if you're going to keep doubling down, at least just, you know, keep some perspective on this. And I think he could have mm-hmm. benefited from having a team around him to help craft this too, because they could have been like, this blows over. These kinds of things happen to people mm-hmm. and it will blow over and people are just having fun and they're not really, it's not really actually about you. So before we get into the rest of this scene, I just want to plug in a content warning again. There was a confessional that Lisa had that really struck me. You know, she said that it it scares the daylights out of her, you know, considering what happened with her brother. And she said that people who say, you know, how dare you be reaching out to him, that she would much rather have people's backlash for reaching out to him than the alternative. Meaning it is better that she reach out to Tom and check on him, make sure that he's doing okay mentally than for uh, the intense regret of not reaching out to someone and having something terrible happen. And I think that is so valid and so, so real, so true. And again, just two things can be true at one time. There, there are certain people, mainly Ariana, who are going to need to have such strict boundaries with Sandoval that mean because of what you did to me, because of what you did to our relationship, there the only, there is no way forward for you and I. You know, I will forgive you in time because that's what's good for me, but my forgiveness does not mean that we will ever have a relationship ever again. And at the same time, Do I think that Tom Sandoval deserves to have no friends, for no one to be there for him, for no one to ever reach out to him and check on him? No, no, of course not. Like, we're not monsters. And so, yeah, I think that Tom deserves to have people who love him unconditionally. I think Lisa says it best at the end of that scene. You know, she says the only way forward is with utter sensitivity and contrition, you know, have some humility, stop doubling down. Like, have have you ever had someone apologize to you and not be defensive and just say, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, isn't that so mad? It's like, that's magical. It is. And like, it also, I will add to that though. It doesn't necessarily mean that person's not going to like the person you're apologizing to isn't going to need to rebuild trust with you and stuff like that. And I think he thinks he's apologized. Like we hear about with Sheena, he's like, I apologize to you heartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I think he's just not yet willing to sit in the discomfort of not being in people's good graces. Absolutely. And that's just going to be, it's going to be a long road. And that doesn't mean you don't, try 
But I think right. that's what Lisa is getting at in this conversation with him. He doesn't really let her say this because he they start they actually get into like a yelling match. But I think all she was trying to do is say, do you want to repair these relationships or do you not? And there's mm-hmm. two different paths to go. Do you want to repair it? Cool. Then this is what you need to do, which is what she ends up telling him. And he does mm-hmm. seem that he wants to repair it. I don't know if that's for the show. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The big it's like the big thing to just boil all this down is it's it is not just the words of saying I'm sorry you know true truly making amends with people and truly building back trust is about action so next we go to Katie and Sheena getting dinner and it just really made me lol that as soon as Katie walks up Sheena's taking a selfie (laughs) because of course Sheena would be taking a selfie um they I feel like really the only thing that comes from this dinner is we find out that Katie is going to go on a date with Kevin, the guitarist from Sheena's band. And I hope that we get to see that. I hope we like actually get to see that in a later episode because I would just love to see, you know, what their, what their chemistry is like. And, you know, um, Sheena says, if you don't add value to my life, I don't need you in my inner circle anymore. And Katie kind of echoes that in reference to Schwartz and I think Sandoval saying, why am I carving out time for garbage people just because we have a history? And it's a really good point. It's also because you're on a reality show and that's what you have to do. (laughs) I think we have to mention the backdrop to all of this. You know, it's Mm. the backdrop is, is that these guys are all coworkers. This comes up in the after show too that it's really interesting for me to look at the dynamics, not just the dynamics that we see on the show and like the content of what happens in the episodes, but what's even more fascinating to me is really the dynamics that are happening off the show when they're not filming and the reality of like, yeah, you know, this person doesn't really reach out to me. This person doesn't really ask me how I'm doing. It's because you, you guys aren't really friends in real life. You work together on a show, but a lot of you are nowhere near real friends in real life. Uh, but yeah, I, I think because of Scandal, there's sort of this like weird rearranging of relationships, possibly because of production. Mm. We've seen Sheena in season 10 be so pro Schwartz. And so it is surprising to me that, you know, Katie and Sheena are coming around to friend friend zone with each other. Um, And again, Sheena invites him to emo night and then completely backpedals as soon as she's like in the presence of Katie. And so it's just really Mm. telling about, I think Sheena's struggling to figure out how to how to be loyal or who to be loyal to in this new landscape. So we move on to Vanderpump Dogs and Tom Schwartz is there dropping off him and Katie's dogs (laughs) for grooming. And then he sits and talks with Lisa for a second and we find out that his brother is in the hospital uh, because they found out he has cirrhosis and from, from alcohol abuse and it's horrible. Mm -hmm. I, I really, feel for Schwartz. I in in this area I do think that 
this type of dynamic in a family is really challenging and it, it is it's unhealthy for everyone in it if they mm-hmm. don't have the tools to take good care of themselves and I really don't think Schwartz does I think I there's a part of me that respects the way he tries to show up for his family and how much he cares about them I think that's really evident mm-hmm yeah, have had a ton of empathy for him around that. Um, but Lisa, Lisa asks Tom how Schwartz and Sandy's is going. And she says that she doesn't feel like the punishment fits the crime, which, okay, there's some validity there. But she said she would feel differently if Ariana wasn't living her best life. And... This just really rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know how it hit you, but I feel like Lisa is perpetually on the wrong side of history. And I think the past that she she gives the men of this group that she always has, you know, she's she, think about <laughs> think about Lisa's relationship with Kristen Doty. I just think of the double standard uh, that Lisa gives to these men and not really holding them accountable for what they've done. And the girls, I think the, it, she, she very much has like this old school mentality of like boys will be boys, you know? And let's let, but, but the girls, it's like, she will hold a 10-year grudge against Kristen Doty, you know, like never let Kristen Doty evolve or change or grow. And that just, I was like, this is just typical Lisa, you know? Yeah, it definitely was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, from, from there, she, she brings up that she is opening the sexiest restaurant in Lake Tahoe. (laughs) And suggests that it's like a way to get the gang back together so she plants this seed with schwartz and is like let you know bring everybody out like you know it's gonna be on lisa and so yeah it's just like in housewives where they're where they're like i've planned this trip to mexico to you know spread these ashes it's like what no just let's be wrong let's be real we have to have a cast trip this is what it is here we go. And also, I just yeah. want to say, why the hell is her restaurant called Wolf? That was you, a, a did you shock catch that? <laughs> for a Vanderpump that? restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Called Wolf, Wolf by Vanderpump. I don't get it. I'm like, mm. I'm just picturing like, what is that even going to look like? Which I think this is where we, didn't we see in the trailer that Lisa's like kissing a wolf? That is definitely in the trailer. There, there's I didn't like catch that. It looks like it's like a photo shoot or something, and I'm okay, sure it's just yeah. I'm sure it's like weird promotional stuff. But so the gang all goes to Sir for see you next Tuesday, James DJ set, and I just love that they don't have to pretend like they work at Sir anymore. It's so nice. It's like we don't have to have the illusion that you guys are servers here. And they just get this little private back room. Um, but it it also made me, I like felt for them because it's like they, they have a little bit of money now. They definitely have fame. They have some success. Do these guys really want to be 
going to spend their night at Sur of all places. You know, we talked about Mal's 2019 Sur experience and how the <laughs> the food and the drinks are, are not great. The service is not great. They're playing episodes of Vanderpump Rules in the background. And maybe on like a James DJ set night, it's different. I mean, there were certainly a lot of people there. And so I bet the energy is better, but it just... These poor, these poor kids, they're like still having to go film at Sir. Uh, Sheena, I have to say, she looks iconic. And I just love all of this like 90s and early 2000s Y2K looks, you know? I think, doesn't she say that? She was even like channeling like early 2000s. And yes. I could just really see it. Um, so Schwartz sits down and he is kissing so much ass. Like he, he's, Hey Lala, how you doing? I got you this, um, this little, uh, neurotropic, you know, adaptogenic, non-alcoholic drink. Cause I'm sober curious. It's he's kissing everybody's ass. He's like, Oh, Sheena, I love your sunglasses. You know, it's, it was so fake. And he knows that he is the odd man out. He's the lat like, lowest man on the totem pole and I just felt like he was working so hard to like eke back into the group and he he even says in his confessional he's like I'll take hate over indifference any day you know he's he's glad that they're at least acknowledging his existence and that's like a step up for him and we've talked ad ad nauseum and at length about you know the inner workings that we see at play with Schwartz. But this is such a great example because he's he's super nicey-nicey right now, right? But we are going to see him flip. And that is what Schwartz always does because his re- anger is repressed, always just underneath the surface. And the moment that he, he uh, gets slighted, a little too much, he's going to turn on you. Especially if you're a woman. Yeah. I think solely if you're, I think solely if you're a woman, because he certainly has a lot of trouble doing it with, with the guys, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Sandoval arrives with Kyle Chan and that to me could not be more awkward. It's like, Sandoval has to be here because he has to film and that's yeah. just the God's honest truth. And so he's, he's like, like, I haven't been here for dinner in so long. I was like, right. Like, why would you? Yeah. Why would you <laughs> be showing up there? Um, so that it was the, the vibes were so weird. We get the server who comes up to Sandoval and, you know, he's like, I had to unfollow you and I had to distance myself from your choices and and your actions and you know I was getting so much hate um from even just tangentially being connected to you and I do feel for for people that were friends with him at the time that were being attacked online because it's just any attacking of anyone online it we as a society we just have just regressed such to such a horrible point it's like a the wild wild west is of social media where 
anything goes and it's it's terrible. So I do feel for him, but this this entire little setup of them at Sir, it gave me this visceral experience of running into an ex somewhere and the for me like the sheer panic that that sends through my whole body and ariana was born fucking cool and so ariana and i are not alike she's she's so cool she's such a badass but for me i had i had like pure panic anxiety coursing through my veins thinking of the time that i've like uh, seen an ex-boyfriend at a restaurant or something and i just like wanted to immediately like jump in a bush and hide myself Um, yeah yeah Yeah. so schwartz really awkwardly brings up the tahoe trip and we get this incredible line from ariana you know she's she's saying this is not gonna be a time where this motherfucker gets his foot back in you know, into my life. And she says to Schwartz, I gave up on you a long time ago and my life is better for it. Anything that anyone says to you about Sandoval will fall on deaf ears. You are a lost cause. And it's snaps, snaps. Yes. Like I just, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't, I don't even know what else to say it, you know, and Schwartz says that Ariana has an ego and this is where he switches. This is where the nicey nicey that was completely disingenuous the entire time. It, it switches and the aggression comes to the surface and we get this really great confessional where Ariana says, you know, Schwartz is very clearly confusing ego with strength and boundaries. And that's what Schwartz can't, can't handle. It's like hurting a man's feelings by telling them what they did. You know, it's, he, he, yeah. he cannot handle what he did. And I wanted to like draw this connection to something that happens in the after show where, the the toms are together and they're talking about you know ariana supposedly being um egotistical and letting things go to her head and tom said or tom schwartz says you know i had to um put her in her place a little bit and i like that Ugh. phrasing those words i think are so telling I think they're so indicative of how Tom Schwartz feels about women I think exactly what he was doing to Ariana there you know saying uh you're not the queen of the group I think that's exactly the way that he would treat Katie and I think that he switches and hits the aggression point where he then feels like I'm gonna tear you down and put you in your place and it's infuriating. And what's their what's the woman what's a woman's place, Tom? <laughs> exactly. Well, it's to what have that. It's to have no boundaries and to to accept 
and to tolerate and to put up with bad behavior. And in the after show, I, I just hated it so much when, you know, Schwartz was saying like, I'm getting, you know, basically like I'm getting, um, lobbed into what Sandoval did and, and I had nothing to do with it. I do believe that what has come out from Rachel where she's saying that Schwartz knew the entire time, like Schwartz knew from the beginning. Let it, let us not forget, you know, who was a groomsman in Tom Schwartz's wedding? Of course, Sandoval, but also Ariana. Ariana stood up there, not on Katie's side, on Tom Schwartz's side. But now it's super convenient for Schwartz to forget that they had any type of relationship. Uh, Schwartz, let's recall everything that you said. You, you knew that Rachel and Sandoval were fucking at the glamping trip for Rachel's birthday. And in front of everybody, including Ariana, you say, yeah, Rachel's got a type for taken men. Disgusting. Disgusting. And, and, and this motherfucker wants to act like he, he did nothing wrong. He, he has nothing to do with this whole situation. You, you lied and you covered up and you, you absolutely knew what was going on. And you didn't have the decency to say, I am not going to hold your lie for you any longer. You know, like it, it's outrageous that Tom Schwartz wants to say that, you know, he can't be implicated at all in what happened. Infuriating. Yes. Yeah. And then he's like, I miss the group dynamic. And then the girls are like, I don't remember actually who said this specifically, but the girls are like, no one fucked up the group dynamic except for Sandoval. Exactly. So at this point in the episode, like there's definitely been some interesting little spots, but I was really bored during this episode, (laughs) to be honest with you. And I was literally like, even though there are these like producing moments where it's like Lisa's like, y'all should go to the gang together and go to Tahoe. Like I, at this point I was like, somebody needs to like get in there and produce better. I was like Mm. getting upset Mm because I just felt like it was just dragging. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. And then (laughs) Sheena's like, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. She bumps into Sandoval at his table eating dinner. How did she not see the cameras there? This was produced. It's like, of course, they're going to do it in the Surback Alley because I will say this. Thank you because they know what we want. I, I want, know. I agree. Yeah. Like we want yeah. the Surback Alley. Bring back the Sir Dump. Give me the dumpster in the background. The shitty chairs. Like they're trying to serve us some nostalgia of all yeah. of these like epic fights that have taken place. And so I do appreciate that. It's like, thank you for you know, setting this up to be in the Surback Alley. But yeah, it was, it's like, Sheena, you're going to walk through this room. This is where Tom and Kyle are sitting. 
this is how this is all going to happen, you know? And, and in that way, it's starting to feel kind of like the hills for me that, Mm. you know, like Mm -hmm. very, very, very scripted. Um, but these people have a job to do, you know, they, they have a job to do. They have to deliver something. So here we are. I loved it. I, I actually was like, thank God. I mean, when this, when she bumped into him, I was like, yes. Like I was like, finally something really juicy because Mm -hmm. we've not seen them talk since that moment on the couch so they get out to the alley and sandoval brings a vodka soda or whatever out to to her and she's like i'm i've been sober for three weeks so (laughs) he's like yeah i had a feeling you'd you had been sober you weren't drinking tonight or something like that and then they're sitting there in silence and Sheena's stare is absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. like Oscar award winning performance from Sheena in the Surback Alley in this episode. And then in the awkward silence, Tom Sandoval is like, it weirdly goes with like small talk flirtation and, and is like, you look like you rode in on a Shania Twain motorcycle. What's that video? <laughs> and she goes, um, or he was like, it's it's kind of like Y2K. And she goes, thank you. I was going for a Y2K look, you know, and she loves it. <laughs> she loves that he said that. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. I know. And um, all you have to do is compliment Sheena. That's it. All you have to do. It's like Schwartz yes. earlier saying, I like your sunglasses. All you have to do is tell Sheena she's pretty. And she's like, oh, okay. What? Sorry. What was that? Yeah. yeah. She like loses all sense of the stakes in the relationship yes I do love that she made him talk first yeah what it's like that is the best power move and it's like okay you wanted to talk to me so get to talking you know you Mm -hmm. were so yeah I loved that yep and then she you know goes from there into oh he says he's wearing a y2k look too he's wearing (laughs) That like sweater. a sweater that he got from Ollie's bedroom, which of course harkens mm. back to Sheena's reaching out to Tom Sandoval. And she says she's surprised she got blocked by him. His vitriol toward her is nowhere to be found in this first moment that they're mm. speaking. Mm. He, he very calmly is like, he didn't think that her reaching out after Ollie's death was genuine. Mm. And she's like, how could you think that about me after knowing me for so long? And she's like, I did reach out because I have a heart and you have not been acting like you have a heart. And yes. of course he's like, no, I apologized. I totally did that heartedly is what he says instead of wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she's like, you can apologize and be remorseful. You don't have to keep doubling down and acting like the villain. And then he says all this shit about Ariana, which I thought was really different than what we've seen and heard from him at any other given point yeah where he's like out of everybody she's been a hundred times less proactively vindictive she doesn't want to see me dragged to and it's kind of he kind of trails off and sheena's like nobody wants to see that tom nobody Mm -hmm. wants to see you actually really go down into the darkness and um and then he says the podcast stuff that was going on on shenanigans was too far and Sheena agrees and she says that's why I stopped hmm. um so it's just interesting how calm he was about all of this in comparison to what the way he's been speaking about Sheena and the podcast behind her back mm-hmm. 
uh, and I'll circle back to this, but she calls him out about his behavior at his shows, the tour that he had to go on with his band because Ariana's not paying rent or the mortgage. <laughs> and uh, he's like bringing Schwartz and Rachel into the songs and basically playing the villain while he's on the road. Like, yeah, ha ha ha. And getting attention from that. And She's like, everything you're doing is literally the definition of a narcissist. And he is like, no, it isn't. Look it up. And then he's like, Lala's a narcissist. I'm going to read the definition of a, of a narcissist. Oh, okay. Uh, its personality qualities include thinking very highly of oneself, needing admiration, believing others are inferior, and lacking empathy for others. Hmm. Check, check, check. I don't know. Check, check, check. Anyway... He changes the subject to say Lala's a narcissist, which I don't really know what that has to do with in their conversation. And Sheena's like, humble yourself and have some humility. And no mm -hmm. one is wishing for any harm to come to you or Rachel. Mm -hmm. She's like, let me make that clear. Yeah. And Sheena's so incredible in this scene. And as she's trying to extract herself from this conversation with him, he says, after that Nima interview, I really had to talk her down. I just want you to know that. Mm. And this, when I watched this episode, I actually watched the scene twice. But mm -hmm. the first time I watched it, I was, there was a part of me that was like, Sandra was actually being kind of chill and like a little bit like, not so like wild in his, you know, he's not being accusatory. He's being a little defensive, but he's being very gentle with Sheena. And then he gently drops this bomb. And mm -hmm. my jaw dropped, actually, because I was like, oh, we are seeing the sinister side of Sandoval right in front of our eyes. Mm. He knows exactly what to say about Ariana in front of Sheena. That's why it was different than what we've heard when he's going off on his interviews and with Schwartz. He's suddenly softer about Ariana. Mm. He's he's softer in speaking with Sheena. He knew exactly what he was doing. And I know it's not the craziest thing that he said after that Nima interview, blah, blah, blah. But there was mm -hmm. just this shift in the air mm. where he was like, he's the one that poked her after they'd sort of she'd said what she needed to say. And he's like, let me just poke you with this pin really quick. I'm not going to slice you. I'm not going to cut you open. I'm just going to poke you with a pit. Hmm. And I'm going to let you know. I just want you to know that hmm. this Nima interview was a really big problem. And, and then, of course, Sheena keeps holding her own. And she's like, but she said it, Tom. Right. And that's obviously referring to the Nima interviews, of course, around the fact that Tom allegedly said to Rachel that him and Ariana were in an open relationship in order to you know enter Start into planting the seeds yeah. yeah yeah um and I just I really I had these such an emotional roller coaster in this episode with the Sandoval storyline mm -hmm. and had moments when I really felt like I understood on some level that he felt really dehumanized by 
the reaction to Scandaval. I, I think he it's very serious, some of the, the dark stuff that he's been struggling with. And I don't think that any of that is fake. Mm-hmm. But I just saw his manipulation happen in front of my eyes in the Surback Alley. And it actually really was chilling to me. Mm. I think you're so right that especially when he says... Ariana has been the least proactively vindictive of everyone. Well, that's certainly not the entire narrative that you crafted and created and spun yep. and and tried to get Schwartz on board with last season. But I I think that you're exactly right on the manipulation piece because it's like, why would he want to tell Sheena that? And my thought process watching this and even, you know, listening to you now, it's like you're bringing up stuff that I wasn't thinking about. But why would Sandoval want to say something like that to Sheena? For me, I think it's because I think it's almost a way to shame Sheena. It's like, you yep. know, he's saying Ariana has the right, you know, he's like, I did this to Ariana. If anybody has the right to come after me, to come drag me, to drag me to hell, it's Ariana. But she's been the least of my, <laughs> of my problems. It's you, Sheena. It's you. Mm-hmm. You are the problem, Sheena. You doing these podcasts, it, that's the problem. And that just kind of clicked with me. And I, I think you're totally right. It's like Tom is spinning a bunch of plates in the air. You know, he is spinning all the plates of all of the stories that he's telling different people. And he's good at it. He's really good at it. He's really good at it. I know no one's falling for it anymore. Well, because now, I mean, we can we can see everything. We can see, you know, we see last season everything that, he, like, all of the seeds that he tried to plant that to say, you know, he, he's trying to retroactively, like, go back in time and say, oh, look, um, actually, uh, the past nine years were a lie and our relationship's really fucking bad. And I'm going to plant all those seeds so that I can prepare you for what only I know is coming, <laughs> which is that I've been having an affair, but but here's why. And it's because actually our relationship was bad. You know, it's like we can now see all of these things that Tom is doing because we have all of these different vantage points. You know, we've got the after yeah. show with him and Schwartz and how he says, I've had to put up with Ariana being egotistical and being superior behind closed doors. And, you know, now you're getting to see it. Like he's got all of, so which is it, Tom? Has she been the least vindictive or is she actually the most vindictive? Which is it? You know, it's, yeah. it's always a spin to to show why he's the victim. He's the martyr. Everything in life happened to him. And about Sheena in this scene, I want to say 
my favorite Sheena scene of all time, I think in all of her 11 years on this show, for me, it, I think Sheena was her best last season finale on the couch talking to Sandoval because I've never seen Sheena be, I, I felt like she was really the, um, what do you call that? She's, she's the proxy for the audience or, you know, she's, I, I felt, yeah. I felt like Sheena was so, she was reflecting back to him, everything that everyone felt. I felt, I felt like that was Sheena at her best because I felt like she was the best version of herself. She was so pure and so true. And I felt like if I know we, uh, we get down on her a lot for not being a good friend to people for flip-flopping back and forth, all of that. But that was a true moment where I was like, wow, you know, if I were in this situation, I would want a Sheena in this moment to talk to my ex. Like that's everything that I would want my friend to say to my Mm -hmm. ex, you know, it's like, it's all, that's all the same ways I would want my friend to stand up for me. And then second best scene for me is this Sir Back Alley. I think it's I think it's yes. gonna go down in history. I think it's like Sheena seemed so so centered and she also seemed so in her own power. She was like, nothing that you're gonna tell me, you little fucker, is gonna it, it's not going to knock me off my center one bit. I just, I loved it. And I actually think Sheena was the queen of the group for this episode because of that. She delivered. Yeah, you're right. Like very similar to how she did on that, on the couch in the, in the season finale last season. I'll just, I'll say this one last thing about the conversation around the Nima interview, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Nima podcast interview. I, I just think Sandoval was really pissed about that as expressed through his vitriol slash like attempt at manipulation of, of Sheena in the alley. I think the Nima interview was actually someone telling the truth about what Sandoval said. And I think he's just still trying to cover up some of the aspects of this affair, which he just needs to stop. There's no point, but it's all out there continuing to try to maintain some, some type of image that he thinks will make it better it won't you know needs to stop to stop yeah for his own sake and everyone around him I think that's all we have for now and we will catch you guys next week when we'll be recapping episode four so we'll see you guys then Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed the episode and we hope that you'll come back and listen to our new episodes that are going to be coming out. If you want to follow us on Instagram, please do. We are at Gospel of VPR. You can also send us an email, your confessions, your prayer requests at gospelofvpr at gmail.com. If you want to throw some dollars in the proverbial offering plate, you can rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Help us spread the good news. That would really help us out 
Thank you so much for listening. Special thanks to Caleb Thomas-Jones, who wrote and recorded the music you heard in this episode. He does so much more than Gregorian chant, so check him out on Instagram and wherever you stream your music. That's Caleb with a K, Thomas-Jones. 